Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello, I'm Mayhem. Hello, I'm Chaos. And our happiness is egg-shaped. Happiness is egg-shaped and loves a circle with no end. <laughs> happiness is egg shaped. Wait, um, happiness is egg shaped. Happiness is egg shaped and loves a circle with no end. Hello and welcome to the Happiness Is podcast with me, your host Bruce Aitchison from Happiness Is Egg Shaped, and today is going to be a lot of fun. I. I, I don't often guarantee that, but today I'm guarantee you it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, this rugby player is full of nonsense, uh, is able to laugh at themselves and laugh at others, has played at the highest level, international rugby player, has a voice, has a platform, is willing and able to speak out, is very well respected, and I'm absolutely delighted that she's made some time to come and speak to me on this podcast. I'm not sure where this is going to go, and you know what? That's kind of exciting, so without any more time wasting, please welcome Anna Banana, Kateless. Hello. Jeepers, absolutely no pressure there now for... um. This is like, are you not entertained <laughs> at the end of this <laughs> to the listeners? But uh, yeah, thanks for having me. Let's have some fun. I'm, I'm so happy with this. Now, the, everything I know about you, I'm struggling to work out where to start. So I'm going to start with now. Mm. What What's going on now for you? Because so much has changed in such a short space of time. Yeah, it has. Um not without, you know, the, the the last couple of years of COVID and everything has has changed everything anyway. And kind of off the back of that, things didn't return to as 
they didn't return to the way they were, they, they were. And yeah, I, I've decided to hang up my international boots and, and not, um, not keep, uh, you know, banging on that door. I think my, my time is, is done there. And I've just left Gloucester, who I've been playing with for the last season. Now I haven't fully closed the door yet. I've put a small little wedge under the door there because I'm, I in, because actually at the moment, and this is how I kind of explain things to, to Gloucester, is that I need some time off. I need some time away. Um, actually, next week I'm going on a cycle um, along the Danube River for two weeks. I just have a one-man tent uh sleeping bag going on a bike cycle along the danube for two weeks that's my kind of time out and time to myself and time to think about things after that i'm coming back to ireland and i'm coaching here over the summer um which i can't wait to get back into i love coaching and i want to be a coach you know in in the long run so i'm really looking forward to doing that i'm gonna go to the world cup at least that's the plan anyway um I, i want to you know initially weirdly because ireland didn't qualify it's been a really sore point it's been really hard to think about the World Cup and I have so many friends in, in other nations from, from playing in the Prem and playing Barbarians and playing all over the world. I have so many friends that are playing, that will be playing at that World Cup and initially I kind of wanted to ignore the fact that this World Cup was happening but I, I, I've, I've somehow managed to kind of change my tune and I want to be there. Like I've, I've, I know too much. I, I've too much love for women's rugby to miss out on this like the biggest event you know in 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 rugby for women so i i want to be there sadly it won't be in a, in a, in a playing capacity but you know i've got a lot of other things to offer i can um entertain crowds at halftime <laughs> um with my ukulele well that's not actually the plan but i do want to be there and after that and this is what i said to Gloucester, i've kind of deliberately not made any plans so that any opportunities that come my way, um, I can take. So I, I I studied languages and I want to, after, you know, playing for Ireland and, and playing in the Prem for so long, I haven't exactly used my my degree as I would have liked to. So I'd love to play a season in France, play a season in Spain. I've got connections in Argentina. I want to go back there. Um, I've got links in Australia, which I know isn't the language side of things, but it's it's still a nice option to have. And I've got a lot of um, connections that I want to, I'm now free to use because I'm not trying to play for Ireland anymore. I can kind of go wherever the wind blows. So that's, I'm, I'm, I'm finally a, a free, a free spirit again. <laughs> now, I didn't know how to start. Now where do I go? We've got <laughs> ukulele, we've got halftime show, we've got traveling the world. We've got, the, there's so much to you, Anna. And, I absolutely love it. Now, can I just read you this? Because this made me cry. Um, Playing for Ireland has meant the absolute world to me. Every second I've spent on that pitch with my teammates has been nothing short of amazing. And I'm heartbroken to say that there won't be another. The roller coaster that led me to my first green jersey and the journey that ensued, I will never forget. It is an honour to be blessed with so many wonderful memories in green, singing the anthems, running onto the pitch with my friends, hearing the crowds, dragging each other through the tough times in training, post-match meals with the opposition, sing songs on buses, changing room dance-off, meeting young fans, not wanting to get changed out of your jersey at the end of the game because you want the feeling to last forever that is close to poetry mm-hmm. and I'm getting a little bit emotional here because it I loved the changing room the changing room is the thing I miss the most of playing 
Um, and I didn't play to anything the level that you played. But that last bit, you didn't want to take the jersey off at the end of the game because you wanted the feeling to last forever. So to then say, I'm done, that must have taken courage, bravery. You must have changed your mind a hundred times. How did you go through that process? <clears throat> You're right, it was really difficult. Um I think that it was coming for a while because last year, very disappointingly, I wasn't included in the Six Nations and I really felt like I should have been and I felt like I should have been there. You know, like anyone who's missed out on selection, you're not going to be like, okay, that's fine and just get on with things. You know, I took it really, really hard. And, you know, it 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 um it affects who you are you know I couldn't sleep at night and I couldn't um be myself I couldn't um I I I felt like I'd let everyone down I felt like I'd let myself down and it all comes back to you know selection and and because that coach hasn't selected you the value you have of yourself can and it certainly did with me diminish into thin air and I I I I remember going after not being involved in that Six Nations and like trying so desperately to to claw my way back in and 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 do whatever I could and I remember going to a friend's wedding with my best friends who aren't my rugby friends and um I had the best weekend ever I was down in the west coast of Kerry we had an amazing weekend I was so happy and I had on the way home I was like oh my god I haven't felt like this in so long and it's because I have been so um so heartbroken because of rugby and that's fine you know it comes with it but you have to at some stage remember who you are and remember that there you know there is more to life so it was kind of last year that that when that was happening that I was like okay you're gonna have to take that power off those people at some stage, you know, and put it back in, in, in your hands about how you value yourself and who you are and, and, and things like that. So after that experience last year, I was I was invited back in to train for the Autumn Internationals. And I was actually quite surprised because at that stage I'd missed not only the Six Nations, but also the qualifiers, which I, I, I can barely even talk about now. I was surprised to be invited back into Ireland. I had been not selected for so long. I had was really like forcing myself to accept it so being brought back into Ireland and then playing in the November internationals um just gone was was amazing and I and I thought that I wouldn't get to play again so when I wasn't selected again this year for the Six Nations like I cannot go through this process again of trying to so I actually the, the moment my phone rang even before I spoke to to the Irish coach this year the moment it rang I was like this is it I'm not because my my entire kind of Irish career has been like this I've been dropped a lot it's just been the nature of it for me and I've performed really well then when I've played for Ireland so at least I, I can say that I'm really proud that I did that and and every time I wore the jersey I, I I'm proud of the performances I put in but especially then with COVID I don't train as well as I play I I I I'm very much a, a learner when I train and I train kind of at a, I train differently. It's like I'm a teacher, you know, I, I see kids learn differently in the, in the classroom. I'm a different kind of tr trainer to other people. 
I, I, I've never trained as well as I've played. And actually, I prefer that because, you know, I, I, I want to play. Like, when I play, it means everything is, is put out there. But when I train, it's, it's not the case. And, and sadly, my, my coaches haven't really been able to, to see that. And after COVID, which was like training for a whole year, it went against me a lot, I think. And, and um, I, yeah, there's just been a lot to take in terms of disappointments over the years. 2017 World Cup was really disappointing for me as well. So I just have finally decided that, like, I would keep knocking that door down forever. Like, I would have gone again, only that I've, I know now I just have to take my own happiness back in my own hands. And it's still not, it's not like, okay, woohoo, I'm, I'm happy now. I'm still coping with it. I'm still trying to come to terms with the fact that I'll never play for Ireland again. So um, it's, it's, it's been, yeah, it's been, it's been really hard, but I know that, I know that it has to, it has to be this way. Like it has to, end for every player at some stage and everyone's story is going to be different and I think of a lot of players have had to retire through injury and retire through non-selection like me and um, it, it's it's never easy I mean if you get to come out when you want to and say yes I've done it all now I'm happy with that you are like one of the luckiest people in the world because it's so rare that that can happen so um, unfortunately for me I just I, I, I've it, it hasn't finished the way I, I would have liked to. So let's fast forward to Anna Banana, the coach, making a selection. Do you think this experience is going to make you a better coach? Yeah. Yeah. And I I often think about it. I'm like, how, how do I, I feel like coaches get it wrong so often? in terms of delivering back the message, how can you like destroy someone so quickly and easily that, that, you know, you've so much power in your hands. Like, you know, what you've, I'm just taking myself as an example, but this is how it is. You put everything on the line. You've sacrificed so much time. You're training so hard and, and you've, you've put so much into it. And then for, a single person to just kind of go mm, and, and the decision is made. It's, it's not like a race where you run the race and the fastest people win. It comes down to what, how a coach is thinking, how they're feeling and, and they have so much power. And I don't think that coaches realize that how they can affect people's, you know, self-worth and value. And, and it's not going to be easy and it's, and I don't think it's supposed to be easy and I don't think it's going to be as clear cut as like, all oh, putting an arm around someone. It's, but I do think that um, I've learned a lot about the communication and just the, the, the feedback. And, and, and I think that, um, you know, using stats and, and using your coaching network, I think that so often I've just felt so, hard done by with kind of dishonesty in, 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 in feedback as well. So I've learned a lot. I'm If I become a coach, I know that I'm not going to get it right every time, but I've definitely, I, I definitely feel, and that's kind of the way I am as a teacher as well, just like listening and, and understanding and giving like clear communication about like what the decision is and, and, and why that's the way. And sometimes being honest, like in terms of like, look, I just had to make this selection today. And I never really heard that from a coach that was like, look, I just 
had to there was always like look you're not good enough I'm like I know I'm good enough that's not true you're telling me I'm not good enough that's not true like give me something to work with here so that I can you know work on it or improve or you know constantly moving the goalposts and and you know saying like look this this wasn't good enough but how come it was good enough for another player or you know and and players talk and players know what um other players feedback is as well so it's it's not easy to get right for a coach but I do think that it's it's um it has to be dealt with more sensitively and I I, I would like to to think that as a coach that I'll be able to to learn or apply what I've learned in my playing career to to that Hello, my name is Bruce Aitchison from Happiness is Egg Shaped and I am here to tell you where you can get your Happiness is Egg Shaped merchandise. Go to www.halbro.com and search for Happiness is Egg Shaped in the stores. We've got it all. Umbrellas, snoots, hats, towels for when you eventually get to go on holiday to the beach or by the pool. We've got hoodies, we've got t-shirts, we've got all sorts going on there. Check it out. Get your Happiness is Egg Shaped merchandise. You can get it all coloured up for your favourite team or for your country, get involved because you know, I know, everybody knows, happiness is egg-shaped. When, when you made this statement about finishing, and this is something I come to often, I mean, we put so much into the result. So Leinster were obviously disappointed because they lost the European final. Um, Ireland are disappointed because they lost the playoff game against Scotland and they don't, the, the result means everything. In your statement, you've not mentioned a result. You've not, you've not mentioned winning or losing. You've mm-hmm. mentioned being with people, memories, you know, sounds, sights, almost, mm-hmm. tately, you know, you've mentioned all those feelings that are so important how does how do you use that platform you have and and you use it brilliantly um you're serious but you're also you can deliver funny you can you you've got such a great way and manner how do you use that to get kids that you teach maybe or that are looking at your social media to buy into not just rugby but to sport to being involved in something um, I think that it's funny. I, I, I like to talk about this and, and um, it was actually uh, when I was playing Barbarians, an example of this came up. Um, when you play for Barbarians, at least um, with the, the, the women, the last I, I've played twice now and both of them were two like massive highlights of my career. One of the most amazing things about that week is that you do uh, you present your own story. Uh, how you got into rugby and and um, it is the most incredible experience to sit down and share yours and then listen to everyone's story around the room girls from all over the world everyone's had very different but in ways very similar journeys and um, one thing that was said is that um, Katie Daly McLean was talking about her own daughter and she said she put it in a funny way she's like I don't care if she doesn't play for England and everyone kind of laughed and um it was just funny how she put it but she was right like you know you talk about success are you only successful if you make it all the way like to to play for Ireland or England or or whatever is is that what success is or 
do you are you successful if you rock up week in week out for your club you absolutely love it you love your friends you're fit you're healthy and you just love rugby and you love what you do like that is success you're successful in that you don't have to be like oh well I didn't you know I didn't make it that's so what there's people who made it and they're not happy you could be miserable um so success is being like just happy in, in yourself and what what you've achieved which could be yeah, like going along to, to training every week and just that pressure of like playing for you know like the the point that um Katie Dana McLean made was like you know I just want my daughter to be happy and that's it and like I I think as a coach you know and we're often brought in to give like talks to schools and things like that and I ask like who um, I love going and chatting to girls in schools and boys as well. Like I, I, I love, you know, coaching both boys and girls, but the, the girls especially, like I just get such a, a buzz from, like I ask them, you know, who is sporty? And like, you know, the, the sporty ones that put up their hands and the ones that are kind of like have do PE and enjoy it might kind of half put up their hands. And some girls have their hands down like, okay, what, what, do, what do you do? How do you keep fit? I'm like, are mm, you dance? amazing that's a sport you know I walk my dog great that's being active like that's really important you know stop you know disassociating yourself from the sporty girls because you're not doing a team sport you know I I, I don't like using the word sporty because I think that then you have put yourself in a box of like oh well I'm not sporty so I don't know where to fit in in terms of activity and I do think things like you know CrossFit and yoga and things that have kind of managed to kind of get the attention and and um kind of have engaged girls who aren't like traditional sporty because the word sporty implies that you're in a team sport you've played with the boys in primary school and you can kind of kick a ball around with the boys. Like that's not what it is. And I, when I go and I speak to girls, I'm like, you're all sporty in your own right. Because if you weren't active, you'd be incredibly unhealthy. And if you're not active at all, well, then you need to find something that makes you this new type of sporty, you know, this like forget that old cliche of like, you know, um, team sports, big huddle, the sporty girls over there, the non-sporty girls over here, no, everyone needs to be active. And like rugby is, when when my team started here in, in Mallow, when I was 17, so many girls came down to train and even the non-sporty ones, because everyone else was going and they came along and they loved it. Now, not all of them stuck with it, but some of them did. And I think that was when I, I already knew that I loved rugby so much because I used to watch Munster growing up and and I, and I fell in love with rugby through watching Munster and but when I started and I saw that firsthand that like my non-sporty and again I'm using the phrase that I shouldn't be but that's how it was then my non-sporty friends came down to play I was like oh my god this is class like I can't I can't believe that this has somehow engaged them but rugby is that sport where and it's such a cliche, but I believe it. And I, this is what I will use, you know, in, in, in my coaching philosophies going forward is that there is room for everyone on the pitch in terms of body shape, size, speed, your skills um, and, and, and what you can deliver, like, you know, as, as a, you know, using your body in, in a physical way. And it doesn't have to be this old cliche of like sporty.
So I don't even know if that is the question that you asked. <laughs> because I just rambled on there. But it, it's, it's kind of, uh, that's how I feel. And I, I, I don't know, even know if I asked or answered your question. <laughs> no, I, I love it. The the Barbarians bit to it is amazing. Did, did Rona Lloyd mention me? No, did I get mentioned with Rona's story? Yeah, there was a big picture of you on her. Right. Um, nice. Yes. Okay, just poster. just checking, just making sure. Now, but but that 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 barbarian's experience is like is like nothing else um, I've experienced. And and one really interesting thing about it is, and it was a point that I made in in my kind of presentation this year, um, is that on my first barbarian's trip, everyone, you know, you make a little poster and you talk about um, your rugby journey and how you got into rugby, and almost everyone in the room. I would say 95% of people in the room mentioned a brother or a dad who played and that's how they got into it. And that stuck with me. Everyone, my, my brother played, so I played. And it was the same with me. That's why that's how I got into it. It was the only thing that my brother did that I didn't do when I was younger and I wanted to, but I was afraid to ask because it was so physical and all the rest. But in the second time I played for Barbarians, then I made a point of it. I was like, the last time everyone mentioned a brother, but it's slowly starting to change. And we're going to be the generation where our kids will say, I'm playing because my mom played or my aunt played or my, you know, whatever. So that is something that I'm really proud of. And, and I'm, I really want to, I, I'm finding solace in that through when I think about my retirement you know, I'm like, well, there's still an awful lot more to do here. I'm not done yet, even though I'm not going to take the field with Ireland anymore. I know that I can continue to be someone who inspires someone um, to start rugby, even though I'm a woman. It's it's I, I can make that happen. Yeah, I love that. And I've, I've heard and I've read that that you've said. I'm not done. That I've still got lots to offer, even though I'm, I'm not pulling on the shirt. I, I must I have to admit when I when I knew you were a teacher, I was laughing because I I'm a teacher, right? And sometimes the kids will ask about things that go on outside the school and it must be quite cool when they find out what you do and where you've done it and like do they do the kids take an interest or are you just the teacher that's entertaining them about the Jubilee? <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting because in Gloucester I have a really nice puffy jacket that I got from Gloucester this year that I was wearing um, throughout the winter. So I'm a, I'm a supply teacher at the moment. I'm actually a qualified secondary languages teacher, but I haven't done that in a while because marking languages homework takes too much time and I don't have that time. So <laughs> that is the end of that debate. I'm a supply teacher, but also supply frees me up to, to you know, if, I, if I'm absolutely dead and I need a day of rest, I tell my agent I'm not free today um, or really hungover. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> no, no, I'm joking. I'm joking. I didn't have to do that at all this year. So um, being supply means that you go and you visit a different class every day. Sometimes you could be in two or three classes a day, but they're, they're primary school kids. And, you know, sometimes they'll spot your Gloucester jacket and you know they'll ask about it and then sometimes it kind of comes up naturally like one day I was um you know when you're a supply teacher you meet the teacher in the morning they give you the lesson and you just have to bluff your way through it and just pretend that you know what you're teaching 
that happens a lot when it comes to maths. But to be honest, the kids are really smart and, and they're able to, you know, give me the answers. So I actually, I love it. When the kids are going, I, I, I love it. And the, sorry, I lost my train of thought there. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. There was a lesson I was teaching one day about kind of perceptions of jobs. Um, do you think a pilot is usually male or female? Do you think a um, mechanic is usually male or female? There was a kind of a discussion around that. And they had great discussion around it. They were brilliant. They were only like um, 10 years old, these kids. And I told them, I was like, you know, this isn't my real job. I was like, <laughs> job, are you doing like, But I just kind of like, didn't yeah, need to know that. We get that. We get that, yeah. Miss. We, we can yeah, see yeah. that. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and I told them that I was a rugby player. And they're like, wow. And they thought it was so cool. And, and that was a really nice conversation around that. But another day, <laughs> there was a kid. I actually tweeted about this. There was a kid who loved rugby and he spotted my Gloucester jacket. So, wow, do you play um, for Gloucester? Like, yeah. He was like, for the women's team, I was like, no, for the men's team. And he's like, what? And he's really confused. But here's the kid that was like, I tweeted about it a while ago. He um he did a show and tell at the end of the day, and he showed his little medal. And he was like, I I won this in a rugby tournament. And I, oh wow, well done. Did you score any tries? He's like, yeah. Did you know that you can jump over people trying to tackle you? So I just jump over the people trying to tackle me. And Robert's like, oh wow. It was like, where was the referee? He was like, he was in the middle of the pitch tying someone's shoelace. <laughs> And I was roaring, laughing, and they had no idea how, why it was so funny. But that same day, like, he was really fascinated because he obviously loves rugby, and he was telling everyone, like, oh, she's on the telly, she plays for Ireland, she's really famous. And then another kid put up his hand, and he was like, do you drive a Lamborghini? I was like, lol! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's. I'm just here doing some outreach work, yeah. <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> exactly I was like oh you've a lot more to learn I was like but yes yes I, I play I was like but you know they don't pay us that much in the women's games like that's why I'm here you know help out teachers who need help when they're not well and and, and I can't be in school so you know I'm I, I need another job and they kind of they kind of st stop understanding at that point but at the end of that day every one of the 30 kids in the classroom asked for my autograph <laughs> they're signing and I was like I don't know if this is allowed <laughs> but uh that was fun and like yeah it, it's um it's funny when it's just supply kids and they're primary kids as well so they'll forget like the next day but um with secondary school kids it's it's um it's been more interesting and you can really get through to like some of the teenagers who want to do sport or want to do rugby or they kind of find you a bit more um, relatable then and, and I've had some really great chats with some some of the kids like I love working with teenagers and Rugby is a really nice way to kind of connect with them um, through it and, and uh, especially the girls. Because at that age, they're starting to drop out of sport. So it's good to, you know, for them to have a role model that, you know, has, has stuck with it and, and still plays. Awesome. I absolutely love it. I absolutely love it. Now, Munster kind of let you down a little bit recently with the recognition of the women's game. Um and Munster is obviously where you grew up and, and fell in love with rugby and it looked like things were going well. And then at the, I think the way it was put was at the 11th hour, they voted against it. How, how does that impact on the growth of the game, the image of the game? Can it change? What What's your view on that? And do you have an input to that? Um, yes, that was very disappointing. They withdrew a motion to allow, um, women's 
AILs, AIL teams to have senior status. It's um, it's kind of a lot more to it. So um, I, I won't kind of go into all the details around it, but it was essentially, yeah, kind of a, a signal to say, we, we know that the, the men's and the women's games, they're not on an equal level yet. But as far as I'm aware, clubs, or sorry, as far as I believe, um, clubs and provinces and, and rugby, they should be taking all the right steps to allow it to happen. So we're not yet at an equal, um, an equal stage in, in, in anything, but the people with power are actually still putting roadblocks there. And that really angered me because, like, look, I know that the women's game is behind the men's game, but we're never going to get there if you keep putting the roadblocks in the way. Like, you, we can't... That was an easy thing to do. That's not affecting... That's not affecting the, 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 anyone. It's, it's, a, it's a good, progressive move forward. So to have it stopped is just, oh, it just was so disappointing and so frustrating. And like, you have so many people who are like ready to support the women's game, but then there's just these constant reminders of, oh, we're, we don't want that just yet. Like, oh, well, congratulations and well done to the women. Aren't she great? But we're just going to hang on to the power for a little bit longer here because we're not quite ready to 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 allow you to be to to build to to that parity um oh there's a lot of that like two steps one step forward two steps back two steps forward one step back this this constant like things cropping up that are just kind of slowing down the progress and like you know we learned a lot and and the rugby community learned a lot when the men's game went professional but i think that the same mistakes are kind of allowing to happen, even though we learned them already. You know, why why are why is there just kind of why are we trying to do things the same way as they were done before when actually we've learned an awful lot and we've we've got massive opportunity to do things differently and do things well now to professionalize the women's game and it's just coming so slowly that I get, I get weary from it. Like when I have like, and, and you know, this is probably kind of how, how I cropped up in your timeline recently was just the whole James Haskell debate and how there's still people who are not only, look, if, if you're disinterested in the women's game, okay, that that's fine. Take, whatever. We don't need to hear from you. That's fine. You're a toenail in, in, in my eyes, but whatever. There's people and people with profile kind of like stepping on our heads to stop the growth still. And, you know, that might seem like, you know, James Haskell still sees no problem with the, the, that post that, um, you know, his podcast put out. And other players, like other players, people and, and, and men, really prominent men in, in the game, like, you know, saying like, I don't see a problem with this. Like, of course you don't. You never had, you never had these challenges. You never had someone standing in your way so much that of course you don't see this as a problem, but you're also not listening to the the people who, who are going through this and, and have a, a certain way of feeling about this and kind of arguing that we shouldn't feel, um, shouldn't feel angry about this post. Like, but you don't know what we've been through to get to this point. 
so how could you how could you tell how could you think that you could tell us how to feel about this like you know and the if 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 you know listeners to this haven't heard like you know the there was a post that was put out about um uh the the top you know top capped um front rows in english rugby to have to be the most capped english player as a woman is a phenomenal i still can't believe it i still can't believe how has she achieved that i played for for ireland for like 10 years i have 16 caps to have to be the most capped like that's a phenomenal life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much like unexpected medical costs that's why united healthcare provides health protector guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs learn more at uh1.com hiring for your small business if you're not looking for professionals on linkedin you're looking in the wrong place that's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Achievement. And I was speaking to someone recently who didn't, doesn't know much about rugby, but when I said this to him, I was like, oh my God, really? A woman achieved that? Yes. So he would never have known that from this post. So how, how are people going to know these things? And like, if, if are, are you going to just keep it that way, even though more women might catch up and, and pass out, out the, you know, the men's side of things? Like if you are talking about the men's side of things, just specify. Very easy. And if you're talking about rugby in general, include all codes. Do you know? So sorry, I kind of again going off on a rant there, but it's all it's all part of it. Um, that but that your, that we're your seeing. Passion, your passion is what makes people want to listen and, and engage, mm. and that's it's just awesome. And Rocky Rocky's become a, a buddy of ours, and you know we've had her on the pod, and she's she's such a great role model, and still putting so much into the game but she would say it's still not as much as she's taken out of the game because yeah she, she just loves she's it so such much a legend. but if you think about this and this is why I, this is how i was thinking about it okay so why did that podcast make that um infographic why did they make it it's to give people information and it's probably to celebrate those players i'm sure that those players are very honored to be on that list their families are very honoured that, you know, it's it's even if they've retired from the game, they still hold that trophy and that crown. Rocky deserves to be on that list, as do her family deserve to feel happy that she's on that list. She's now retired from the game. She 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 deserves that accolade. You can't just leave her out of it because you felt like it, which is essentially what it is. Now we won't bother including her. If you're talking about the men, you put a picture of what, who's in the picture, Dylan Hartley, and who's the other person in the picture? Be Jason Leonard, was it? I, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was actually, I found this kind of funny. Neil Back, who was not a popular man in Munster, was arguing <laughs> with me. <laughs> he's oh, he's, he's not a popular man in Munster. He's really <laughs> no, not a popular man. No, he's not. He was arguing with me. Well, actually, I didn't realize I was commenting on his 
post. He he made a point, but I, I wrote back to somebody else underneath and then he wrote back to me. So I kind of got into this kind of conversation with Neil back about it. And he was like, but in the, you know, I said, most capped international forwards, that makes this post factually incorrect because she is an England forward. He said, not in the context of the post, but that's only from your understanding. What it, there's only two picture, there, sorry, there's only two people in that picture. What about the picture of all the other players? How do you know that each of those players is a man? How would you know that Rocky was a woman? Because actually, you know, ha, it, it, it's not clear. It's only clear from your understanding and what you perceive the listeners and the followers of that podcast to already have an understanding of. So what you're actually doing is blocking off new listeners or people who want to learn or people who you're, 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 you're segregating people who have understanding from those who don't. I believe and and I and her name should be on that list unless you're talking about men her name should be on the list most international capped England front rows her name should be at the top of the list for the last six years fill your boots has been making rugby happen at the grassroots level please get involved and go to www.fybrugby.com to register your club or to register as a player and join the online community to make sure that games continue to happen in the future joining clubs with players and players with clubs to make sure that we can keep the club game as strong as possible fill your boots bringing rugby together Amen. Yeah, I tell you what, you've had a couple of mic drop moments already and we've still got time to go. So this is, I love it. We've only uh, two and a half minutes left. Hurry on. <laughs> <laughs> now, there's, as, as I keep saying, there's so much to talk about. Now, I'm going to, I'm going to come back to this post that you made because this was the, the last bit made me cry and this oh, bit made me laugh. People always ask me what it's like to wear the Irish jersey. I can't quite describe it. That bit makes me laugh because you then go on to describe it. When I, when I look down at the crest of my chest, I always thought my family, uh, my clubs, Munster, for, uh, listening to Fields after I buy the sound of a thousand footsteps coming to Croke Park and Lansdowne Road. And, and then you say the one that just kills me. I thought of Riverdance and Eurovision. <laughs> yeah, it's true. I know you're laughing, but it's true. Can you river dance? Oh yeah, oh yeah! Try and stop me, like, do you know? But I, I, I'll, I'll, I'll describe this. This, <laughs> I'll describe this feeling to you. Okay, so, um, I love um, Eurovision, and I, it gives me a memory of like being in my front room with my brothers and sisters when I was small, like cheering for Ireland. And Ireland, I, I'm a bit of a Eurovision nerd. I don't know if you know this, but Ireland has won the Eurovision most out of any other country that has entered the Eurovision. That's why I was a bit nervous this year because um, England um, all, or uh, the UK almost won, which would have brought them on equal terms, which would have been seven times each. So I was kind of a bit like, phew, thank God that didn't happen because we still hold the trophy for most times that we won it. But it makes me very very 
proud to be Irish. And, and those songs always remind me of it. And Riverdance was created as like an opening act for one of um, the, for, for, for one of the, the um, competition, the Eurovision competitions that was hosted in Ireland. And something about Riverdance, like when the music comes on, like at a house party or everyone's Irish is up, straight arms, straight face, everyone bouncing off each other. Like, and you know, it's such a cultural reference. Like, you know, it's, it's, it's become part of like I'm also a, a massive Father Ted nerd. I don't know if you've watched Father Ted much, oh, but you know yeah. that references Riverdance. Um, Riverdance music was played in Derry Girls recently, and it made people like really happy. And you know, it's just it, about being Irish, you know, and, and Irish culture and memories of be of growing up as a proud young Irish girl. Um, I think of that. I it, you know I, I and you know when when you're about to go out and play a game. For, for Ireland, you know, you think of a lot of things and you're very nervous. And I just think of things like that that make me feel proud to be Irish and that make me happy as, as well. And, and, you know, then that kind of leads into like singing the anthem um, really proudly. Like, you know, and, and it's, it's weird, isn't it? That when we play sport, we sing a song before we do it. Isn't that kind of weird? Like I, I had this conversation um with somebody recently who is telling me that sport is the best thing it brings people together and i and i said i i almost agree with you but i think the thing that brings people together more is music and my example was if i go to murrayfield there's 67 and a half thousand people there but only 46 of them get to play the game but all 67,500 of us sing the anthem together at the same time. We all know the words. That is proper togetherness, cultural yes. bonding. Doesn't matter how much you get paid, what school you went to. Yes. That anthem is the only time where I'm doing the same thing as Stuart Hogg, Darcy Graham, Ali Price. Yes. That's the only time. And and I absolutely love it. And I, I always I love when they show you the, the players when they're singing the anthem. And you know, England players get hammered all the time because they don't seem to be singing it and all that. Mm. When you were singing, you you loved that, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. And it's a <laughs> yeah. it's a proper moment that like you, you train to play the game and you you know what the line out calls are and you know what happens if we get to an edge and you know what happens. Do you prepare for the anthem? Do you, Does anyone say to you, listen, your emotions will do this or you've just warmed up for 45 minutes and now you've got to stand still? Do, does anybody talk to you about that? No, no, actually. Like the kind of logistics around it, no. But the only way you know what's happening is because you've seen it on telly. I've been preparing for the anthem my whole life like singing it at home and and you know in in Ireland it's very it's always interested me like the history of Ireland and Irish rugby and how we sing two anthems because of our turbulent history as a nation and and that really interests me and it's something that I wanted to kind of explore with the team a lot and 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 kind of leading into COVID I really wanted to take a a, a kind of a take the reins on that and sadly I couldn't really um we couldn't work something out then to do something together like that. But it's amazing. Like, you know, there's talk around, like, you know, the Pacific nations, they get to do a hacker. Well, Ireland gets to sing two anthems when we play in Dublin. 
And, you know, we have to have someone write a new anthem to represent everyone on the pitch. Like, I think that's amazing. And I love that side of rugby as well. And I have some friends that won't sing Ireland's Call. Um, and, you know, I've had to, what I have done in camp before is, you know, Linda and Jungang, who was born um, in, uh, oh, my God, I don't want to get this wrong. Cameroon. Yes, she was born in Cameroon. She, um, you know, she, her, she doesn't, doesn't speak Irish. She didn't grow up speaking Irish. Everyone's terrible at Irish anyway, but at least they've heard kind of Aaron Avian to, to kind of, you know, go along with it for as much as this. But I remember teaching her and writing it out phonetically and going through it with her. I loved that so much, like teaching her, like kind of how to sing it. And she sang it out and it was so good. And just... Um, singing it like the opportunity to sing it like the, I think for my first few caps the thing about Ireland's call is it's very difficult <laughs> it was it's written in a like a male to suit a male voice I reckon same as the jerseys same as the boots whatever the anthem is the same <laughs> so with Ireland's call right if you want to you've got three options you can sing it in the low octave it was hard to sing out loud then um because it's you know it's very low and you can't you can sing it in the you can you can sing it in the high octave and you ha have to absolutely blast it out then because if you try and go high and and you know the camera is near you and you miss the note it can be very embarrassing or the third option is you just sing it out of key i go for this option two <laughs> and which means that you kind of got no choice you have to just go for it but i'm happy with that anyway because it's a long process leading up to the game. You know, you come out, you line up, they sing a song, we sing two songs, you might meet, you know, the president or something on the pitch. Like, there's just so much going on that it's a very kind of lull moment. Like, I use the anthem as well to get myself, um, you know, going, like, and get myself. Actually, last weekend, I played sevens in um, Benidorm which was amazing. I had such a great weekend, played with Penguins International. It was the first time a women's team played. And I was given the job of singer. And we were like, you know, in between games, you know, between sevens is a bit of a lull. I was like, right, I need a song. Get everyone going. Like, so I just get up and like sing a song. And like, then you're ready to go. Then you're going down to the warm up, like fired up. Like, so exact same with the anthem so I just use it speaking of Scotland anthem by the way I've never been to um, I've never been to a game in Murrayfield I actually look at this we're very Scottish today oh yes I got that where did I get this oh I bought this in the Starbucks at the airport when I went to Scotland and scored my first Six Nations try and got player of the match so i really like this mug because it reminds me of that but That's your player of the match mug yes yeah yes my trophy to myself but do you know what i i can't wait to see some days you know when the the um the bag the piper is standing on top of the stadium yeah. and then stops playing and everyone's singing acapella one of the greatest moments in rugby in sport right. well that's that's a date you just tell me when you're coming that's okay done that's okay. done yeah, love it. We've got we've got Ireland at home this year. Yeah, we've got Ireland, Wales, and Italy at home this year. Okay. Or this year coming. All right, deal done. Sorted. Put in the calendar. Yes. Yeah, a hundred percent. So we, we've there's still so much to go. Uh, I want. Oh, sorry. To, uh, no, I want to hear about 
languages and travel um you you're saying you're a, you're now a free spirit or a free agent or or whatever it is and you're you're willing to go what is it about that that excites you because there's lots of people who would find that really challenging really you know it, it's not for them what is it that that drives you to do that um i'm really I have a really nice balance in my life in that I love people and I love meeting people and I love my friends. I love being around them, but I also love time on my own. And I get such a buzz off going to and discovering a new place on my own. I don't know why. I just, it's always been that way. And I've been traveling on my own since, since I could. Um, and I love languages and I think it's because of that, like the kind of the doors that unlocks to go somewhere else. And um, I think people, you know, for example, you know, I'm going away next week on my own. I can and I'm, you know, we'll definitely meet other other people traveling and other people camping or cycling or whatever. And if I want to, I can talk to them at rugby. And if I don't want to, I don't have to. So you can kind of choose who you want to be on any given day and you can be an extrovert or an introvert and you can suit yourself like, and, and, and um, I just love, like I have such a love for new places and like music, dance, food. Like I just get such a buzz off it. Like, so before I went to Benidorm last week, you know, we were all the team was meeting on the Wednesday. I had to go on the Tuesday so that I could just get a get a sense of the place first, so I could be happy because I actually have done that before for sevens, especially I've played Ireland sevens, and you know, you, you fly you in, you play, and you fly out, and like you're like, oh, I've been to that place, but I I didn't see it at all. Like I don't like that. I can't get a sense of a place um first, so I'll, I'll try and kind of get my own few days in a place to because I just get such a buzz off it. I don't know, and 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 where I studied in Limerick, they they very much encouraged travel and living abroad. So I had two placements abroad and I lived in Argentina for six months and then I lived in Vienna for a year and they honestly changed my life. And I, that, though that time abroad probably slowed down my progress within Irish rugby um, because I was making great headway kind of leading up to that. And then I went away and it didn't get back in the Irish squad for a long time, but that was fine as kind of, you know, especially as a female player, Rugby isn't going to be your job. Maybe that's, you know, going to start changing, I don't know, in the next century. <laughs> um, but, you know, I, you've got to, as a, as a female player, you have to have another passion to to make you money. And I chose languages because I just, I, I, I love it. I can't really explain it. I just absolutely love it. You, you strike me, you're a teacher and you strike me as being the absolutely ideal teacher because i i believe if you can learn a language and if you can play a musical instrument you can learn anything um the 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 ability to learn is there for everyone but the desire and the resilience to learn music and other languages still blows me away and mm -hmm. i'm not going to say i wish i had because i know you give people around that don't learn Irish and say they wish they had when they could just get on with it and learn it. So I'm not going to say that in case you give me a Not really, but... no. And I, I don't think I, you know, and, and this this is actually important. Like a lot of people will say to me, oh my God, how do you speak so many languages? You must be so 
kind of talented at that or talented in that area like I remember being like the person in school you know when you're in a certain subject and someone always has the answer and you're like how did they know that and how come I don't like I had my confidence was not good in languages in school it was it was all right and I loved it and that got me by but I wasn't like yes I know that I wasn't like the teacher's pet like I wasn't brilliant at it at all but I loved it and that got me as far as it did how I learned languages so well is by living there and being immersed in that language and also like in Argentina like the key to learning a language like if you wanted to learn a language this is what makes it difficult with Irish because there's no like exclusive Irish town you can go to but with Spanish so in Argentina I made friends with people who couldn't speak English so I had to like I had to be like crap at it for a really long time like that's what people don't like they don't like being rubbish at things and that's why I struggle with the kids who learn languages in school they're like oh this is too difficult I'm like it's supposed to be difficult you're learning a new language you have to be rubbish at it for a really 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 long time before you get somewhat good at it like I had friends in Argentina who used to call me on the phone. They were so nice. It was like, why are they calling me? I can't even talk to them. I don't even know what they're saying. And they'd say something to me and I'd just be like, see. <laughs> and then I'd hang up and be like, trying to retrospectively work out what the, what the phone call was about because I wouldn't have a clue. But eventually I struggled through that and I still have a Spanish that's quite decent from living there for six months only, but having friends made having made friends with people who couldn't speak English and actually I joined um the <laughs> I joined the men's rugby team in the town that I lived in in Argentina because there was no women's team so I just joined the men's team and like that was that was the best thing because they couldn't really speak English so I just made loads of friends and I used to train with them and like they weren't very good <laughs> they weren't that good so I fit in quite well and they were mad about me and they were just like wow you know they ha- they didn't know that girls played rugby and they were kind of surprised at how good I was and um that was I still talk to them I actually sent them an Irish jersey for their clubhouse recently I said That's I sent it about a year awesome. ago and it came back in the post only recently oh, <laughs> so I must no. have got the address wrong so they still don't have it <laughs> <laughs> the boomer, the boomerang shirt. It's, but see, that's that's what I mean. Not not everyone is taking that leap. You this this thirst for travel and for learning, and it's languages that you're using as your means to do that. And you've got rugby as that other thing that might get you that chance to go to France or get your chance to go somewhere else. I, just, yeah. I love that bravery. Now, mm-hmm. how did then? music come into it was that just I've got some time I mean I don't know where you find time for this stuff but yeah music's obviously a passion of yours yeah well I think um and my mom actually just walked in there a second I was surprised she didn't come in and interrupt because she loves doing that when I'm on a on a on a meeting or on a call but uh I can hear her in the next room but she had us all playing instruments from when we were younger so we had a music room you know a lot of you know, people might have a playroom or a study. We had a music room. So like the piano was in there and all of the instruments. So she just had us signed up for lessons, playing music. And like, it's just happened for me that I've always found myself amongst um, friends and family who love to sing and 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 kind of are, are, are musical. And, and 
I'd love to be a little bit more into traditional Irish music. Like, um, I don't know if you've ever been to like a traditional Irish music session. It is like the best crack. And I, I, I'd love to get into that a bit more. And, and sadly, I, I kind of didn't play that much traditional Irish music growing up, but like play the piano, flute, um, now the ukulele, like I just kind of picked up the ukulele in the last few years. And, and uh, I actually, I met some... <laughs> I met of some course, people after. Of course, um, you play the ukulele. Of course, yeah, you play the ukulele. That like, came. How, how much cooler can you get? Tell me. How, like, <laughs> you call yourself banana. Actually, you play the ukulele. Really, people think I'm really good at the ukulele. I'm not that good. And I just, it's just, you know, the, the balls that you play it with, and people think that you're handy. But it's, yeah, yeah. you know, the ukulele is cool because. Always more confidence. That's my <laughs> ukulele is cool. Yeah. The ukulele is cool because it's small, so I can bring it places. And, uh, you know, it's good for a sing-song, but then, like, a few of my teammates are like, that fucking ukulele again. <laughs> if you're ready to hit me over the head with it. But it, it, <laughs> all I want to do is sing songs. Like, that's why I, I found it really hard in, in, in the Premiership, actually, because I used to play at Richmond and then played at Harlequins and, and Gloucester the last season. Like, sing-songing isn't a thing, whereas any team I've played in in Ireland, like, the sing-song is, like, the pinnacle of the night. And you sing and you sing and you sing, especially the team I played with in Limerick. We were, if we weren't so good at rugby, I would have said we were a better choir, but yeah. we were class at rugby. So I would say we were just as good of a choir. We used to sing and sing and sing. And like, we'd get a bus home from Belfast. And we'd be on the bus for like six hours. Song, song, song. And you go around the bus and none of this like, oh no, I can't sing, I can't sing everyone's singing and like it doesn't have to be good it just has to be something that everyone like joins in on so um yeah I, I get such a buzz from that I love it so much and like team sports and rugby for me like that's been a side of it that's kept me loving it as well for so long because there's been that side of it too and the social side of it but um I eventually got the Richmond girls singing Black Velvet Band but it took oh. about what, three years for me to teach them one song so I had to stop there and uh... <laughs> can I, can I, there's, there's two things here. One is you are the ultimate barbarian rugby player. Like make absolutely no mistake. But the second one is <clears throat> I'm going to get Sean to clip that feckin' ukulele and have that as my message alert <laughs> on my phone because that is just absolutely <laughs> champagne. I love that. That feckin' ukulele. I'm, I'm having that. Ukulele. That is now my message alert. So, that's no joke, like that's the that's, that's, that's soft version of what they'd be saying. <laughs> I love it. So, <laughs> looking into the crystal ball, because I'm aware that I've taken up so much of your time and I, I could go on forever. I think I've said this to a few people, we're going to have to do a part two because this is, I've just loved this. <laughs> Look, looking into your crystal ball, right? I'm trying to work out what your kryptonite is because it seems like you're bloody perfect. Uh, music, sport, singing, languages, take your pick. Looking into your crystal ball, where are you in 10 years time? Are you the national coach of the women's Argentinian rugby team? Are you hold up in Japan teaching kids English like where where are you in ten years time? Who feckin' no <laughs> I I genuinely mean that but that's how I want it as well. Yeah. And like I say I've deliberately not committed to anything 
so that the opportunities that come my way, I can be like, yes, I'll do that. Or no, I, 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 no, I won't. But like I say, I, I'm, I'm keen to get back to my languages and, and keen to see what doors will open for me, like through that. And as well, like I, I, I could very easily kind of ignore the languages thing now and just be like, oh, that's done in the past. But I know myself how much I love it. So I'm trying to stay committed to that part of me that knows how much I love it. So I, I, I'm I'm still like really like keen to, to do that. I've been chatting to um, I played in Australia a few years ago, which was great. And I have a coach there who was kind of talking to me about going back out there. And I might take that opportunity and hopefully like get back to coaching like high level like I did some coaching for Harlequins um, Foundation which I absolutely loved and I love the charity side of rugby and you know teaching through the values of rugby I find that very easy I've because I truly believe in it I feel like I, that could, that's you know definitely a passion of mine that I can could follow but because it's the charity side of things it's kind of people who are new to rugby but I really really want to stick with kind of high level elite stuff because I love it and I when I don't kind of follow that up I miss it so I missed it when I worked for the foundation in Harlequins although I loved the job I was like oh I'm just missing that kind of high level of coaching and seeing the way the women's 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 game is growing uh there will be opportunities there in coaching, I, I, I also see myself as a director of rugby at some stage for some team or club or country, maybe, you know, who knows. But I, I want it to be a kind of a slow enough process so that I can kind of be in many places as I can before then. I've got no commitments to like anywhere or anything. Like it's just my, my family that's at home in Cork. So that's the like that's this is the place where I'll always come back to. But other than that. Honestly, don't know. Honestly, right. just don't and know. I do how, know that how I went exciting to, like, is that though? How exciting uh, is that? It's an it, amazing it is, thing. It is. And like I went to me and a few friends when Ireland played France in the men's Six Nations a few weeks ago, a few of us were like, Okay, let's go to France to watch the game for the weekend. Uh we flew to La Rochelle. Cheap flights flew in and out of La Rochelle, had the best weekend. We were in like this tiny little um like Stad, Stad Rochelet pub um, with all these little um, La Rochelle flags. We we're like, oh, this would be a good place to watch rugby. Yeah. And they were like, who are you? What are you doing here? And I was the only one that could speak French. My French is terrible. And I was like leading us around this town. We had the best time. You know, do you remember that game? Like Ireland scored some really good tries, but France won it and France were unreal. But like every time Ireland scored, we were like up on the seats like yes like driving the French fans crazy so then whenever they scored the roof would blow off it was so good oh my god it was so good I had such a good weekend but weirdly um this man came over and like started talking to us it turned out he was the coach of the women's team in, in La Rochelle and he was like come back and play for us next year. He sent the minibus to come and collect us the next morning. We were like, oh, Jesus. He picked us up in the minibus, brought us out. We watched them play. He brought us on a tour of like La Rochelle's uh, training, training facilities. And he was like, come back and play for us next year. It's like, these are the opportunities that I find myself being offered every now and then because I can chat to people really easily. And, and, and um, I find myself, you know, in being offered or opportunities like disappearing so that's why I've kind of 
deliberately freeing myself up so that if something you know really awesome comes along which which they do from time to time you know I can take it so maybe even what be in like in La Rochelle next year who who knows like <laughs> I literally yourself, don't know when we do part two position. yeah go for it we'll do it uh, from sorry. No, when we do part two, we should like, we should write a little, make a little box and like put all the predictions into it. Like, okay, I think this is going to happen. Then when we do part two, we can see which, which have materialized and which haven't. Oh, but that stage, I'm not like living on the street, like yeah, struggling for Wi-Fi. That's, that's <laughs> going to be kind a of already big, the case. <laughs> that's going to be a pretty big box with all the predictions that you yeah. could potentially end up doing. That's true. Yeah. And I've I've absolutely loved it. Now this is I didn't prepare you for this, but but at the end of these pods, I asked the guest to finish a sentence for me. So and and you can be as as free and easy with this as you like. But for you, happiness is geez, that's the quietest you've ever been. I want to get it right. Happiness is. A sing song in the dressing room. Nice. Those are good moments, aren't they? The best. Those those the best. are the best. I, yeah. I love it. Thank you so much. I Thank you. absolutely loved it. We, we've gone over an hour, which I said would would possibly happen, and I reckon I knew that was going to happen. I didn't tell you, but I knew. <laughs> <laughs> please, please come back uh, from wherever you are: Argentina, France, Benidorm, Australia. Um, have passport, will travel. Pretty much, that, that seems to be how it's going to go for you. Thanks very much. Who knows? Who knows? And with a with a, a little stop at, at Murrayfield to watch some rugby. And oh listen, yeah. Listen okay. Yes. Piper yes. I'll put that in the calendar. Yes, yes. Done. Thank you so much. I look forward to speaking to you again. All right, Bruce. Thanks, Emil. Bye-bye. Good luck. <laughs> that is absolute joy. If you're listening on a bus or whatever it is you listen to your podcast, I hope that has brought a smile to your face because that's absolutely what it's done for me. If you're watching on Facebook or YouTube, I hope you can see the, the passion coming through the screen. You can definitely hear it in her voice but not just for the game of rugby, for people, for languages, for music, but all of those things. Although she said she likes being on her own, I'm pretty confident that that will still be quite noisy when she's on her own because she'll be talking to herself and answering back, I would imagine. She is a spectacular lady and I really hope she'll come back and speak to us again. She also stands up for what she believes in and for that, I think we, we can only admire her. If you've enjoyed it, you can listen on Apple, Acast and Spotify. Please tell your friends, leave us a review. Um, nothing less than five stars, please. If you've not got anything nice to say, please don't say anything at all. A bit like Anna had advised you on the women's rugby game you can watch on youtube and facebook and give us a like give us a follow add some comments tell us who you would like to be on we've got more guests lined up and all of them make me very excited and very humble that they're willing to come on this we've had over thirty-five thousand downloads can you believe it just a lot of nonsense but i hope you've enjoyed it because i certainly have my name is bruce Aitchison from the happiness is podcast and my happiness is egg-shaped i look forward to speaking to you all again very very soon Hello, I'm Mayhem. Hello, I'm Chaos. And our happiness is egg-shaped. Happiness is egg-shaped and loves a circle with no end. Love us with our happiness.
Happiness is egg-shaped and loves a circle with no end. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.